Good morning. Morning, everyone. How's it going? Good morning. Mako, I feel like you need to update your picture. I feel like Loki was amazing, but it's you gotta move on to the next thing. What's the next thing? (laughs) Oh, I just I haven't had time. (laughs) All right, next week that'll be my mission for next week. That's your mission. Mm -hmm. I will. uh, I'll think of something. There you go, your homework. Very challenging homework for you, Mako. Good morning, now, anyone else? It's funny because I was trying, I was telling my wife that like, oh, I have all the stuff for Loki, so she's just got to go with Sylvie for, for Halloween. But, <laughs> but I think I, I think I need to up the game. I don't know. We'll see. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time still between now and Halloween. Who knows what's going to be going on since then? I mean, we still have what if coming. In August, so that could also add a lot of ideas. I, I am not going as zombie Captain America. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? So, what do you think of the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit? As an official representative of the Walt Disney Company, <laughs> I have nothing to do with uh, theatrical or agreements with talent, so I can't speak on their behalf. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I was just talking to Sushmeet about that this morning. It's like, you know, it's a very different model and it shifted, you know, even for us, we're known to be repeat moviegoers if we really like a movie and we're repeat viewers at home right now because we bought it on Premier Access. So it's interesting. I was glad Kevin Feige came out and kind of sided with her. Morning. Good morning. morning. It was quite a week, as always. Yes, I know, and it's always so funny when you get on here because you feel like, oh, we're waiting forever. It's like nine thirty-two now, as of I'm speaking. So, I think we'll get ready in just a moment here to kick yeah. off our conversation. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Amrita. Good morning. Morning. All right, let's do this. Otherwise, we can sit in silence. I don't have any background music for us either, so I can't. Uh, I can't like fill the Jeopardy space. or something. Yes, that would be. <laughs> that would send a vibe. Help you with that? You want me to wire in a soundboard? I'm happy to help you. There you go. Yay! Oh, there yes. we go. Yeah, make a little again. We'll continue to level level up our game. That was it. That the Avengers or whatever something there. Yeah, that would be nice. See, that would be like upbeat. Like I feel like we're about to like embark on a huge adventure. Not, not answer. That's really right. Yeah, questions. yeah. Like the leadership. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, let's get going here. I think y'all have been here before. I don't see anybody really new. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, we just encourage people, you know, you guys I know are inviting others, but just kind of get the word out. I was looking on Clubhouse the other day and it, and I was looking up leadership and there's a lot of different leadership, uh, rooms out there. And I think part of why ours is maybe sometimes not identified is that it's learning as the first word. So, you know, we want to just get it out there so that we can help. Leaders of all at all levels, obviously, to be able to grow and to be able to benefit from this room. So I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, uh, spiel here, Kelly, because I don't think it's going to be anything new for anyone here. So why don't you I'll turn it over to you and let's go ahead and get going on our, our topic. Yeah, absolutely. And the only thing I will give a shout out to folks here is we've started to share replays. Um, so folks that can't join or if you miss a session and you can't join, we're we're trying to share those replays. We did. With the help of Mako, got a got a little website set up that will actually be the way that we're distributing our recaps now. So I'll post it on LinkedIn, but it just is another place for us to post resources. So likely we'll put more content on there as well outside of these sessions. So books that we might be reading or podcasts or things that we're watching. Um, and so again, if you have if you have different you know content or topics or things you want to share, you can DM any one of us and, and we'll be happy to put it in there. But be on the lookout and subscribe to our, our, our site and, you know, be on the lookout for our, our info that will be coming out. So that's just one more reminder as we continue to evolve. And I will say as a, as a side, and I appreciate, you know, you all joining and for the folks that may listen to the replay, uh, I've listened to a lot of clubhouses and I, I might be biased, but 
I continue to always really enjoy these conversations. I learn something every time I come into these sessions with you all. So this is very much about us bringing folks together, but um, really appreciate the conversations that I find that we often have really, really compelling uh, dialogues in this room that I think can actually be somewhat um, unusual, even on Clubhouse. They, they all have a lot of different vibes. So I appreciate what we have going on here and you being a part of that. So with that, um, I'm going to just jump into my favorite portion of the event, which is I love to hear how everybody's week went. What's one word that you can kind of summarize of what your week was like in reflection? And Mako, you're first. Oh, crap. Am I first? Um, can you hear me okay? We can I've hear been you. messing around with my mics. That's why. Um, I'm busy. I'm moving houses right now, so I'm a little crazy. Hey, that happens, you know, and it's actually interesting. And I think for, for what we'll talk about today is that life gets busy. So it's not always that we're busy with work, but it's just also moving our lives around, taking care of our lives can be um, in itself uh, a lot that we have to focus on. So balancing. Well, that. and hopefully there's some excitement in that move as well. More to come. Okay. <laughs> Future conversations. That, that was a very convincing. I want to hear a little more enthusiasm, Mako. <laughs> It is. Fully, I have fully executed <laughs> life 2.0, so I will uh, talk about that in a in a in a makeoism yeah. newsletter coming soon. Yeah, love it, love it. I'm Rita. Hi. Um, it it was exhausting. I would say. I I think I I well I I was on a three day work week. I am for a few months now to use up all my leaves now. Uh, but this was the first week ever when I. Uh, brought people from four different countries together, which meant a lot of overlapping time zones in three days. So I, I just feel exhausted at this point. Yeah, it's time to recharge. That that sounds like that was a lot going on. So it's a moment to to recharge and take a break and reflect on all you got done in all that. And exhaustion. great accomplishments. Like <laughs> sounds like a lot of it was accomplished. That's really remarkable. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Darius. Well, I actually have to go with the same word, exhausting, because I, I had to run a, on top of the normal stuff, run a project that had a weak timeline because it was very sensitive. I had to cover everything myself, so I couldn't delegate anything. Um, so I will say, though, I dusted off all my old Excel skills with my count ifs and a whole bunch of other stuff, but um, it was a very, very long week. But now, now it's time to relax this weekend. Yes, well-earned, well-earned. Everybody has a similar theme here. Uh, Chad? I'm going to go with roller coaster, where that, you know, when you're on a job hunt, you know, there's there's ups and downs, whatever, and sometimes you get it, you know, all, you know, in the span of a few hours or, or, or days. And and there were times this week where it was just like, you know, it was just kind of low, kind of like, ah, jeez, is this going to work or not, or whatever, and then, you know, Towards the end of the week, you know, I, I got an unsolicited email from an, an internal company recruiter saying, don't worry, we still got you in mind. We're going to get back to you next week and whatever. And I got another kind of reach out from somebody else that's like a, in a startup space that's doing a, a thing. And he's like, I really, really, really want to want to get back with you and talk about some things. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. Now we're on a high again. So it's just, you know. It's exhausting and it's a roller coaster and there you go. Yeah, but such a great reminder that, you know, even when we're in those moments where it feels like things are, you're kind of in the valley that you very quickly things can turn and put you back on that upswing. So it's, uh, it's, I think, uh, definitely sounds like a great, a great word to kind of encapsulate, you know, the experience that you're going through right now. And anything great is worth waiting for. It, you're going to land on your feet for sure. Thank you. Pete. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, everyone. I think I'm super happy at the amount of collaboration that both happened and that I noticed <laughs> um, over the course of various sub projects at work today. And also, also in the, uh, the passionate side project, which I'll get to later, just really happy at the way that we are. And by collaborative, I mean, the extent to which we are all um, taking the time to make all of our work 
as visible as possible to each other. Um, there's a nonprofit that I work with and I decided to give myself the title of chief Trelloist. Now, for those of you that are familiar with Trello, it's an online board that you can use for personal or team organization of work. You can use it as a Kanban or you can just use it to keep some various lists and whatnot. And I've been taking the time to really sort of um, capture work in the moment and share my screen with my teammates and show them like, this is where we're putting things. And the reason it's helped me be so happy about the collaboration has to do with both the ability to see what we need to do next and also to be able to say, just see just how much work we have in progress so that we can, as a team, all sort of hold our hands on the titrate knob or the throttle, I guess is a better word to just sort of say, you know what? Um, we need to impose some work in progress limits. We need to titrate. We need to slow down or we need to, you know, stop starting and start finishing. So just feeling really happy. I'm really grateful about that. Over to you all. Thanks for letting me speak. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And it's, you know, we've talked a lot in these sessions about prioritization and transparency. And I think what you're describing is just another wonderful example of how you do that and how impactful it can be across, you know, the entire team to really, you know, back to your point to, you know, drive that collaboration and meaningful collaboration. So congratulations. Sounds like a, sounds like a great week. Tamara. Okay, they're a little slow on the mic. Um, okay, so my word this week is agility. Uh, it, it just, there were so many things happening. I have had, I've had, I have one person who's out, um, on bereavement who's been gone for four weeks. I have another one whose father went on hospice. So she's going home and it's just staff go down, down, down. So I had to be very, uh, agile as a, as a leader and be able to think and move quickly and make decisions quickly and yet stay very stable for my team. That was my week. That's great. And again, so important, you know, being able to practice those skills. And if I, if I go next, and I think I'll, this will kind of segue a little bit as we go into our, um, our topic today. But uh, ironically enough, I would say the word for my week would be um, leadership, uh, which is funny to say in this forum. But um, it was a very busy week. There were a lot of very challenging assignments that were going on as well as a lot of, you know, different things that were happening for both me and my team directly. And I found that this was a time and a week of reminding what leadership is. And as we talk about it, leadership is not always, you know, being able to give out good information. Leadership is not always being able to make the easy decisions. Leadership is also being able to do the right thing, right? And being able to make the hard decisions and lead through challenging times. So I think that that was my reminder again this week is, who I need to be, you know, for my team and for my organization and how that sometimes is not easy. And that requires a lot of growth and requires pushing through the uncomfortable situations of it's easier to just be a friend to your team, but really leadership, you need to be more than that. So that was really my, my moment of kind of thinking about, um, you know, reminding this week of really kind of stepping into that and remembering what that is and how to demonstrate that for my team. So it was a very big, Big week, and I'm sure more to come, but a good reminder of why we are all here today, continuing to to grow and learn more. So with that, I'm going to move to our topic, and I'm going to thank Mako for bringing this one up. I think we talk a lot about what it means to be a leader, and we talk a lot about um, what it requires in the job, right? We've talked a lot about prioritization and building teams and building trust and leadership advice and mentorship. But I think there's a, a huge aspect that we have to kind of step back for a moment and think about, which is what are the things that we do for ourselves outside of our job that allows us to become more successful, better leaders, and continue to grow for ourselves in addition to the teams that we work with. And that's why we kind of talk about passion projects and specifically side passion projects. These are things that you do not because you're trying to get a new job, not because you're trying to make some money. These are things that you are doing for yourself because you are interested in them, you're passionate about them, and ultimately how that feeds back into you being better in other areas of your life. So what I want to hear from this group today is first, you know, do you have a passion project? Do you have something on the side that you're spending time on 
And how do you see that helping yourself? And then we'll segue a little bit into if you don't, how do you start something like that? And what does that look like? So I'm going to open to the first one. And I won't call on Pete because, you know, it's going to put you on the spot, but I will give you a minute, which is that you mentioned that you have a passion project. So if anybody else wants to share what passion project they might have and how they kind of think that helps them, I would love to open it to the floor. You know, I used to have one. I mean, it's, it's gosh, been probably, it's been a while, but, but way back in the day, um, when I was working at Disney, I was the, the definition of a, a, uh, a conflict of interest because I was also working at Six Flags. And, and I, it, it was a great place to like work both from, you know, when I was in college and just needed a place to work or whatever. And then, you know, later on it became a fun little side hustle kind of thing where, yeah, I wasn't making any money, hardly, hardly at all. But, but the experience of learning learning how to, to lead people, especially teenagers. If you can lead teenagers, you can lead anybody. And, and, and being in situations where you're resource constrained and you're, you're, you're just having the other challenges around just, just making it work in the grand scheme of things was such a powerful thing and such a, a useful thing in my life. And, and it was a great little side passion project that I was working on for like 10 years and it was it was fantastic to, to have that experience and digging in on that a little bit you know chad to that example which is a fantastic example is you know can you or, or as you think back to that experience what did you learn when you kind of were doing things on the side and how do you think that shifted you know your perception even of what i'll call you know the day job the work that you go and do in a nine to five, if I use that short term label. I, I, I think one of the biggest things I learned is that is, is sort of the, well, we're just going to figure it out. Like there's probably a better version of of that phraseology, but just like the, you know, we, there, there were challenges you'd run into, you know, for example, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things that ever happened to me was there used to be a nightly parade. And it wasn't the biggest parade. It wasn't a Disney parade. It was just a little inky dinky parade, but whatever. And, and, uh, and when you have a parade and you have floats, and I worked in, in the entertainment department there, you might run into situations where you have to, you have to have them both start off and have a, have a, have a, a launch area. You also have an end zone where floats need to park and they're floats. So they're big. So they're hard to deal with and they, they need wide turning radiuses and the like and whatever. One day there was a a, a little bobcat, which was uh, not not the animal, but like a a, a construction vehicle that kind of resembles you know go kart in a way, but with a big heavy drill bit. And it was left in the middle of this end zone, and and I radioed over. I, I got to the end zone. I'm like, uh, we got a bobcat here. Uh, what do you want us to do? And they're like, figure it out, get it out of there. And I, here I am, and, and you know, it's like, you know, randomly, like like late at night, I shouldn't be driving this thing. I'm not certified in any way, shape, or form. And you know what? There I am, turning on the keys, and here we go. And it's like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. And i got to get this damn thing out of the way, one way or the other, because the the parade is, is launched. It's coming. There, there is no choice. And, and you know, it was it was... One one of those like transformative moments in my life where it's like you know you just got to figure things out and it was in my little side hustle job so there you go yeah that is a, that is a perfect example because I think um, and Mako sent me a, a video and I'm going to try to recall who it was um, I think it was from the I'm not sure if it was from the do lectures but it's what Pete the McKinnon. video was was is, is this individual McKinnon. who thank you he. He is a, a photographer, videographer, you know, documentarist. Uh, it's a great video. I'll, I'll share the link as a resource for a recap. But, you know, what he talked about was honing his craft specifically for himself and how that helped him continue to raise his own ceiling and being able to solve problems differently and and get out of the autopilot that it's very easy for us to all get into. So if you reflect on what your day looks like and how much of your day do you spend 
kind of going through the same rhythms. Maybe there are some things that come up, but you kind of know you show up, you do a certain thing, you go to specific meetings, you operate a specific way and you start to get into this rhythm that can start to just put you on autopilot. So how do you wake yourself up again for yourself as an individual to, to break that cycle a little bit and shift your brain into thinking a little bit differently about how you're navigating what you're doing, thinking differently about how you're solving problems or also seeing opportunities to do things differently or try new things. And I think, Chad, your example is very much even embracing the moment of I'm going to own this moment and I'm just going to try to do something to solve this problem instead of maybe going through my normal rhythms of I'm not going to tackle that because somebody else is going to do it or that's not my area. I think that's part of what these side passion projects can really show us is it can open our perspective to trying new things and being comfortable with that. Agreed. I'll go next. Uh, so one of the things that I did uh, as a passion project was one year I, um, this is many, many years ago, I, I was teaching kids to swim. I took this one summer and to teach kids to swim. And these kids were like five to eight. So, you know, trying to get their attention you know, is, is, is always a, a challenge. But in the process, you know, it was a very successful year uh, in terms of these kids learning to swim. But um, what I kind of correlate uh, this 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 uh, work event that I did was really, you know, in teaching children to swim, you know, they have to overcome their fear, their fear that they can't swim. You know, that's the first thing. You know, the second thing and building confidence, building confidence in them, in themselves and their ability to swim by little small uh, steps towards success, you know, being able to float on your back or being able to kick your feet or whatever that may be. And, um, you know, I think it was about team building as well. You know, team building as a leader is, you know, teaching them to collaborate with each other and encourage each other uh, to focus um, and have fun in life. Obviously, you know, swimming is a fun, a fun activity as long as you're not in a state of fear. And then I guess for me, too, it's just about, you know, you know, I kind of correlate it with what I've been doing throughout my life. And, and that is to really inspire through role modeling that, you know. You can do it. You are supported. You can do what I'm doing. It's, it, you know, you don't have to be the swimmer. You could be the teacher as well. And it was just a ex- extremely um, empowering and satisfactory. It, it was very uh, satisfactory to be part of that whole process. But, you know, I love working with kids. They're just like little sponges. And, you know, I think if you just give them your focus and give them your support, you know, they'll pay attention and they will learn and they will grow. And, and you just have this power over this little person, you know, who's learning how to learning their way through life. So it was a great experience. I love, I love these themes of that's Chandra. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I loved sort of t- teaching kids and, you know, Chad talking about six flags and teenagers. And, you know, for me, it was, I coached my son's soccer team. And I think it's the same type of thing. It's, it's amazing seeing the, it, it remind me of, like you said, the power of the kids, but to me, it just showed the, how much I can influence their growth. Right. And, and I mean, that stuff applies directly to work too. Just reminds me that how much my actions actually are shaped because you'd see the kids modeling things that, that you would do as a coach, right. Whether it's, whether it was physical skills, but even just more mannerisms, right. As far as your emotions and everything else. And the kids are so transparent. They really play back whatever they're learning. Whereas, you know, when you're, when you're a leader at work, the other adults may internalize, not really show all the stuff they're picking up from you, but the kids directly show everything they're picking up. And it really reminded me how important it is to, to, or how much of an influence kind of to your point that, that you have on people that you're leading. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think again, like these are all the themes, you know, when we think about, you know, passion projects, I think it can, and it's very powerful to think about, you know, I, I, and both Tamara, your story, and I think Darius, how, how you're talking about, you know, how it relates back to how you, you know, you perceive even with your team, that idea of understanding how your actions influence. You talk all the time in here, right? Actions over words. And that's the example, right? As people are watching what you're doing, be it if you're coaching children, teaching children, but also how does that reflect back to your team? Because we all are observing each other. Um, so it's really, really important. But also I think it's, there's always the 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 concept that, in order you you teach in order to become better at something as well, right? So I think there's an element also of being open to teaching something to someone new 
that also kind of opens up, I think, new perspectives as we interact with others, be it children or, you know, coworkers or new team members. It opens up a different perspective on how we, again, might solve problems or think about what we do and why we do what we do. So it's it's really interesting, you know, again, as you kind of tie that all together and again, a good a good example. Does anyone here and and I don't want to, you know, default into into creative because I think that sometimes can there can be a misperception that you know passion projects have to be inherently creative but um I think there is also an element of do you have hobbies or side projects that you do that you do because you just enjoy them and you enjoy doing them and they again maybe have nothing to do with your work or maybe there's some aspect of the work that you do that you're able to again spend your personal time uh, doing those and it teaches you something else or or kind of again invest in yourself in a different way Yes. I've been playing drums for a really, really long time uh, and managed and lived a long time with like this bug or this bucket list item that I wanted to tour the United States. And I was able to do that back in like 2008, finally, after finding the right bunch of people. But I played drums because I loved it. I was never trying to do it to really make money. It was more just wanting to have the experience of a, a band with making, making original music that I liked. B, we could get in the van together and not kill each other after the, you know, after three or four days. And we were tolerant of each other's driving, if not liking it outright. Um, we almost made that one. Um, um, able to play a variety of different places and really have the experience of not just some crowds liking us, but also just nobody being there at all and playing to the other bands or maybe to just the bartender. And there was just a very humbling experience. I never really tried to tie it to my work, but, and you can, you know, you can certainly have many frosty beverage conversations about drummers who work in, you know, in, in it. <laughs> and there's, there's many of us, I guess, but, uh, but it's just something that I always knew I was going to do. My title at work is a drummer posing as a consultant. Um, I just decided to stop calling myself like, you know, a solutions architect or this or that. And so people would go on my Slack channel profile and be like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> what do you do exactly? And I find that, I find that, um, it's satisfied. I mean, let's just really be frank. It satisfies a certain part of me that enjoys having an audience. And that's something I'm working on, but it also, it just means that there's a way to talk about ways of working in terms of how you approach it and approaching it as if you are playing in a band, you're not at the front of the stage, you're making the most noise, you know, however you want. And that, I think there's definitely some parallels that in my life have been frankly fun. And finally, the, the other way I tied it in was around career coaching. I was struggling at a job at one time and a career coach told me, you know, Pete, you really need to view your job or your work and your career as more of a drum solo or an improvisational dance or a saxophone jazz solo or something. It really needs to be fun for you. Um, and so I sort of have kept that in mind. It was really good at sort of realigning and course correcting as I was thinking about what was next for me. I'm done. I need to view. It's a great question. But I do have a question for you, Pete. Do you, can you play Wipeout? I don't know if you heard me. I was just asking you if you can play Wipeout. It's kind of an inside joke. Kelly, Kelly and I, uh, my husband, plays Wipeout, and we haven't found anyone else who could do it yet. Yes, I can play Wipeout. <laughs> Challenge awesome. accepted. Wonderful. No, I love everything. That, again, it's such a great and, – and one thing that stood out very much to me, what you said, Pete, and, and I love even the last point that you made as far as, like, thinking about these things that you do outside of work and – and how they can tie to work and, and how they can also change your perception on how you're kind of navigating the job. But I think there's also something very important to, to how you even kind of open that conversation, which was you said that you had a bucket list item, which is that you're a drummer and you set a bucket list. I think there's a imp really important concept here to setting personal goals for ourselves, right? We talk a lot about vision setting, strategy and mission and, and what that means for our teams and what that means for our organizations. But even as individuals, we have to kind of also look at for our own lives. I think there's something so powerful about saying, I'm going to set a goal for myself. And that goal is really just for me. I'm not expecting to become a millionaire out of it. I'm not going to become a celebrity. I'm not looking for a new job. I'm just going to set a goal. And that goal can be touring, right? As a drummer, it could be, you know, finding a band and touring and, and having that experience. It can be, you know, 
you know, completing a, a painting. It could be learning how to play a song. It can be running a marathon or doing a, a, a major competition that you haven't done before. But I think there's a, a specific, you know, point to that as well, which is in addition to thinking about side passion projects, setting an ambitious goal for ourselves so that what I, the way that I kind of frame it in my mind is I'm working as hard for myself as I'm working for others. And that I'm taking the time to invest in myself in the same way that I would invest in the work that I'm doing at my job. And I think that's an important mindset shift in how we think about the amount of time that we're willing to invest into our own goals and how that can then also shift how we show up at, at our jobs. Oh, you know, for Good me, point. so side passion project, you know, a few of you know me personally, so um won't come as a surprise, but many, you know, many years ago, I decided to get into triathlon. Uh, it was more to keep up with my wife, who's amazing at it. Um, and, you know, I was pretty much the person who wouldn't even get off the couch, but, you know, really invested a ton of time. And, you know, you talk about it as being something for yourself. There's, there's, you know, you're not relying on a team for it. You're doing all these things yourselves. And I figured, you know, why suck at one sport when you can suck at three things? Um, but you know, I built myself up over time and, you know, completed nine 70.3 Ironmans and, uh, you know, but it really taught me quite a bit about perseverance and, you know, sticking to the plans and, you know, kind of, it really honed a lot of what my beliefs are in terms of leadership and what I could bring to, to my teams. And, you know, it was also kind of a fun curiosity, weird thing that, you know, you could talk about and storytell against too. I think having those you know, those personal experiences that allow you to tell interesting stories about really, you know, rounds you out, uh, on a personal level with a lot of, a lot of your teammates. And then I'll just throw out there, out there, the second side kind of fun thing was when I was at the mouse was, you know, really trying to do a lot of you know, my passion projects really tried to just get involved with things that were completely out of the normal of what I had to do in my day to day. So, you know, I, I was a chef at, uh, uh, the, 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 the bakery on downtown Disney one day, or I, you know, talk to the Disney music folks, you know, things that I never had to do in my day to day job. And it was always kind of that passion of just exploring different aspects of the company, which really helped me understand the place better holistically and, you know, see a different point of view on different things. So I'll throw those two out and you can comment on it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, starting with the second one, I, I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about in here and I, I'm a big believer and I know, Mika, you have in, in your newsletters as well, this idea of seeking experiences. Um, it's great to watch videos or to hear people talk about things that they've done or, you know, see awesome pictures or articles online. But, you know, this is also a moment of go out and do something, go out and actually experience it and, and have some stories to tell for yourself. And have things that you can reflect back on and memories that you've made that you can be proud of. So I think, you know, that's a big one that I, that definitely resonates with me. And then I think even to your point on the kind of embarking out on kind of Ironmans and marathons and triathlons and all the things that I, I know you've done is this idea of perseverance and sticking to a plan. Because again, back to the previous point and even kind of to what Pete was talking about, you know, we can often set a lot of goals and, and it's, it can be relatively easy for us to kind of give up on those personal goals if we don't feel like we have to do them. Um, but also I think it's, it's the more that we can build that muscle for ourselves, the easier it is for us again as leaders to show up at work and be able to say, we're going to, we're going to push through the challenges, right? We're going to overcome barriers and we're going to make these plans happen. These goals happen because we can persevere and we can do it. It teaches us more how to find that, that moment of the why, right? And stick to it and push through versus, backing down when we'll, when we hit barriers, when we hit challenges or resistance, which is going to happen. So I think the more that even just personally as individuals, we can invest in that for ourselves, the more that we are able to do that and show up again for our teams and lead in that way when well, it comes think, to our work. Well, and I, want I, to, I was just going to say I, really I, quick too, and the thing that you learn very quickly, at least I learned very quickly is, you know, I used to be a, uh, kind of a crazy hiker doing all sorts of weird things with, with, with hiking. And, you know, I've been on Everest base camp and, and things like that. And that was after reading, you know, crack hours into thin air, just cause I wanted the experience of seeing, you know, Everest with my own eyes and feeling the mountain air and kind of doing it. And that's a whole nother, uh, thing to roll down. But the, um, you know, the thing about, as you say, perseverance, actually the, the interesting thing you learn from doing 
that type of crazy Ironman training is that actually the importance of rest days. And I think that's like one of the big, big, big ones that you can take back to your teams, right? You know, talking about, it's like, you can't be on, you know, you you can't train those muscles every single day. You gotta, you know, having those days off, taking that time, taking the time to recover is actually what's makes you stronger. So there's all sorts of, you know, metaphors you can, you can drive on it, but I, I think you're, you're nailing it on. For me, those, those passion things that are experiential, experience, you know, experiences really just bake in yourself as a, as an, as a holistic individual that you can, you know, be a better leader with. Yeah, what I was going to say was just like, you know, in addition, addition to perseverance, it's really building mental fortitude, you know, doing the hard things, not being afraid to step into it and do the hard things. And, and one thing that, you know, I, I wanted to share tying into this is, you know, using regret to motivate, to using regret to motivate yourself. So stick with me here. And that is that if you think of regrets in your life, um, it's the things that you don't do that you regret, right? And uh, I'd rather know and fail than to not know and regret. And I think that's the whole thing about doing the hard things and stepping into them. And I can really actually relate a lot to what you're talking about when you talk about triathlons and, and doing the, the Ironmans and stuff. Cause I'm like a big CrossFit person. I love boxing. I mean, everything for me in terms of challenging myself to do the hard things as well, that just really motivates me. And it just, you know, stretching and pushing through your, your, your limits and you actually see and, experience that you can do more than you even realize that you can do. So just wanted to share that little uh, idea about, you know, using regrets and, and, and rather than worrying about the failure, just doing it rather than regretting it. Can I jump in briefly enough to say that, uh, A, um, I have an Apple watch and, and it, it is an incredible uh, tool in terms of uh, kind of making sure that, that, that you, you, you don't have as much regret because it, it, it's it's evil evil exercise rings are <laughs> are are very motivating in terms of of keeping you going and keeping you whatever and and i think that 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 it's it's a wonderful little reminder in a daily basis of like you can do this you can wrap this up you can figure out a way to get all these three of these damn rings and and you know what it's 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 a nice little side thing in in my life that that really like pushes me to to make things happen also just Super tangent briefly. Um, some of the best experiences I ever had at ever at Disney were going to Disney World and doing some of these sort of experiential things like, uh, taking the tours of the tunnels at, at Disney World or, or doing Segway tours at Epcot and whatever. And, and it, I, I, it resonates, it resonates greatly with me. The idea of seeking out experiences. That is such, such amazing stuff. Absolutely. And, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, the, um, the conversation around experiences and regrets, I mean, that really resonates. Um, one of the things that, uh, my family and I like to do is travel. Um, and there's so much of it that is connected to just my passions and strengths as a, as an individual, but I love to connect with people. I love to see different cultures, um, have different conversations with people. Um, it ties into learning too, cause we've used travel a lot to help, you know, with our homeschooling, with our, with our kids. And, um, that's something I'm really, you know, passionate about too. And that sort of, you know, just sort of, it's, it's ubiquitous through whether in, in my life, whether it's, you know, work or play or, um, you know, travel. And, um, you know, one interesting thing, I've also coached my kids, you know, soccer. And one of the things that really, you know, there was one moment, um, through that experience where every, um, we'd have one day every season where it's a silent day. Uh, the coaches aren't allowed to talk during the game play except in during the quarter or half breaks. And then the, the parents aren't allowed to talk at all. And I love it. And, um, the parents most of the time absolutely hate it, but I love it because just let the kids go play. And I loved hearing them like communicate and talk to each other. And I think it's, you know, so much of what we do, you know, and I see this, you know, in professional life is, um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, a leader leader approach versus a leader follower approach. And I feel like the more that we can get kids to just 
get out, like in this particular situation, you know, we've taught them through practice. We're coaching them in the, you know, during the timeouts and whatever, and just let them go play, let them learn, let them communicate to each other. Um, because they're going to have to do that later in life. And then if, if they're being told how to do everything, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to help them. Um, but, um, you know, I thought that was an interesting parallel and it's something I really love through that experience. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's so interesting. And again, I think all, all that you said about kind of what, what those kids are experiencing in that moment, what it also reminded me is as we talk about experiences, you know, it's also very, and why specifically, and I, I say quite frequently in this session, I think the way that I, I look at, you know, side passion projects or side hobbies is, um, you know, not always being critical of why am I doing this and what is the outcome of this and what is the expectation of this? Because I think we're very taught um, just culturally, but even in our work that everything should have an outcome and everything should have a result, right? And everything should be moving us towards something, and I think side passion projects and hobbies can be ways of reminding us that you can just have an experience just for the sake of the experience. You can just have um, try something new for the sake of curiosity. And there is growth that happens for that, but you you can just do it because you you enjoy it. And I love the idea of even the moment of the example that you said, you know, a game where it's the silent the silent day, because it's a moment of just be present and have fun playing the game, right? The game that you get a chance to practice and coach and learn and work hard at, don't forget to also just be present in what you're doing and remember what it feels like in that moment to be doing that thing again with no expectation of what happens after or what the outcome is or why you're doing it. Just enjoy the experience. I think it's really important when we're thinking about the activities that we're doing, especially when we're doing them for ourselves. So, all right, so I'm going to shift this slightly. We're coming up for the last 20 minutes, and I love hearing the different things that folks have done, but I would love to hear the perspectives on what if you don't have a side passion project? What if you don't spend time doing a hobby? And Mako, you kind of hit on this and how you started and, and being inspired by, by your wife, but for those who maybe don't have the, the time or haven't made the time or prioritized the time and don't have a side passion project, kind of any advice for how you get started and how you actually go out and find something that you want to do on the side if you don't know? I can chime in on this one um, because I didn't really have that passion project. And then this year I turned 50 and my wife wanted to get me a, a special present. And uh, she ended up buying me a violin. I used to play in a band, play in orchestras when I was younger, but you know, when I moved over here, just started throwing myself into work. So for about 25 years, haven't played it at all. Um, so back in January, she bought me this this violin. I thought, oh, I better play this then. <laughs> and um, realized I wasn't um, half as good as I used to be. Um, I, I used to be pretty good and um, started trying um, easier and easier music, got back down to sort of grade five level music. But that's really inspired me to um, uh, just get better and get back to where I was. Um, and it's given me a real passion. I'm not as coordinated as I was then, so it's 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 more difficult than it used to be. Um, but equally, I think I mentioned before, it's the thing I use every day now to just sort of readjust after work, to refocus and get my brain to a different place because I'm using different parts of my brain. And, and it helps me pack away work and leave it behind me and, and just takes me to a different place and, and, and sets me up for the evening just playing for an hour or so. Um, been really enjoying it. And that's become my passion project, whereas before I was just focused on work, really. Yeah, such a great example. And now I know that Gary plays the violin. So there we go. That's, you know, we can learn lots of different things back to, I think, Mako even talking about, you know, having, having interesting, interesting stories and different things that you can, you can share about yourself. I love what you said too about, you know, again, these, these, sometimes these activities can be completely nothing to do with our workday and they allow an outlet and a way of unpacking, decompressing and shifting the way that you're using your brain, right? And using it in a very different way which we know all, all kind of circles back into how how you you show up at work and and who you are. I think there's also a a big point a big point to all of this as well which is you know and, and I've talked with many folks about this there is the reminder that we are more than our jobs, 
right? We are more, we are more than a title that we have. We are more than the company that we work for and doing side projects. And Gary, I love your example. And even, you know, similar to Pete, right? And actually even, I guess everybody has examples that are, have, I, I know all of you in different ways that don't have anything to do with our jobs, right? Which is, um, it gives you that reminder of that you are an individual that has an identity and has multiple interests and that you are not, you are not just your job. And I think it's always important for us to remember and it helps us I think be successful leaders in coaching and mentoring the folks around us, be it peers or our team. And it also reminds us of, you know, the opportunities that we have in our lives and that we can navigate changes and that we can, again, seek growth in all areas. But I, again, I think it's a great reminder of knowing that you can be more than your job and more than your title. Yeah, I think yeah, it's tag in. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Tamara. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, because I think it's about really at the end of at the end of your life, you know, or when you retire, no one's going to really care about what you did in, in, in your life, your work life. Really, it's about knowing who you are, what's your core value, living that value throughout both your work life and your personal life. And I tell my team a lot, you know, is that work is not what life is about. What life is about is who is the relationships you have with with the people you love and you care about and with the experiences you're doing. That doesn't mean you don't do a good job at work, but that's not what life is about, because at the end of life, nobody's really focusing on what you did for your work life. I was going to say, I think that's part of it is it's really about exploring. And one thing, you know, I've tried to do a lot is you get introduced to various things in different ways. So, for example, um, you know, we watched it. There was a, we watched Flipper on TV and there was a show like a glass blowing competition. So we said, Oh, great. Well, let's go take a glass blowing shop or class one weekend for fun. And we tried it and it's like, okay, well, it's not something that would become a passion project, but we tried it out. There's other case, you know, this has been years back. We've gone out of this, but same type of thing is that, um, I had read a book about stained glass and I said, Oh, that sounds interesting. So I actually took stained glass classes and for a few years I was doing a ton of stained glass. Um, so like some things kind of stick with you, but it's that exploring more recently after COVID, um, you know, food for us used to always be a, a rush to try to get dinner ready, rush home. You know, we have, we have a, 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 a tween now, but trying to get, you know, food on the table before too late. But with COVID, I've been, been working from home. I've been able to, um, have more balanced time. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm just going to buy a cookbook and just start for a couple of weeks, just make the recipes out of there and actually try to do things from scratch rather than just try to eat food for sustenance. And though that's something recently that really took for me and I really enjoyed. And now I, I do a ton of recipes and customize and do all this kind of stuff. And, and that's something that's kind of grown as, you know, sort of a side, side passion. We also travel a lot. And while we're traveling, same type of thing, like, you know, we'll, we'll run into someone and talk to them and they share something that they're doing. And we just, we just try it out, right? And I think the biggest thing is you, when, when you, we get exposed, whether we're traveling, whether even at work talking to someone or TV, we see, when we see these things, I think it's so important just to, just to give it a try. It's not necessarily your passion yet, but just try it out. Give it a couple of days and you may or may not like it, but it's, it's kind of that exploratory um, mindset. Um, and I think that helps you then find things that you're passionate about. It's like in Gary's case, he wasn't going to buy a violin, but his wife bought him one, and now he's really enjoying it. So I think it's really about trying to find those moments to explore new things, to find your passion. And to find additional ways of feeling a sense of accomplishment. Darius, I totally agree with you that just as you think about the activities, um, you know, it's just like managing a portfolio of stocks and bonds. If you're day kind of goes to crap because nothing went right. You decide you're going to play some drums or play dry violin or cook a meal because, because the customer is different because the value prop is different because the only people you have to satisfy are your family who love you anyway, or, you know, or your dog who loves you anyway, or etc. And it's important to not just diversify the activities, but the things that make you feel a sense of accomplishment because it's just, it's not always going to be the same part of your brain that gets satisfied. It's not always the same dopamine squirt. It's a really, really great point. Over to you. And and I just want to tie it to what Chuck said. Chuck, you talked about traveling and you talked about that, you know, you really enjoyed that. That's something you've identified and, and that you're homeschooling your children. And, and I love how you aligned your life, the things you love in life with, 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 
you know, what you're doing in life or what your goal in life is. You kind of modeled and molded everything else in life around the ability to experience that and, and to really incorporate it fully into your life. You know, uh, like, like I would say half an hour ago, I, I, I made some comment like, well, I really don't have a, a passion project right now, dot, dot, dot. And, and, and I've been thinking about the fact that, that, that I actually have like many and I have no idea that I had them, but it's just all these things that I'm doing in my life that have nothing to do with work, whether it be, you know, on, on Duolingo trying to learn languages or, or, or wanting to get back to traveling or whatever. And I think that it's amazing sometimes you have no idea that you have passions that you're doing that, that you won't have that, that label, you know? Totally agree. Yeah. And again, that's a lot of it. It's just, you know, and I, and I love, you know, Darius, what you were saying, because I think there's something so important about this idea of like an open mindset, an exploratory mindset, staying curious, right? And it's very easy for us to tell ourselves, well, no, I shouldn't do that. Or why would I spend my time doing that? It's, it's, it's much more important for us to again, push through that and say, no, just give it a shot. Just try it. And you might really enjoy it. You might not, but you'll have gone through the experience and learned something from that. I think to what you were saying, Pete, you know, the way that's actually connecting in your brain might be very different. And what you actually get out of that may be very different than you expected. But it's really important, again, to just start to shift ourselves into that, which is just making a little bit of time to try something new. Again, even, and there's so much available online. And one of the resources that I would share you know, when I, you know, thought about this and I've had a lot of, you know, side hobbies and things that I do and similar to folks, you know, I think we have a lot of musical folks here. So my side hobby is singing. And so I sing in the Disney cast choir. It's one of the things that I do on an annual basis. And it's something that happens every year. And uh, now it's about to come back post pandemic, fingers crossed. So it's been a great thing for me to continue to do. But in order for me to also, again, open myself to this, I became so busy you know, but pre-COVID, I think I like a lot of people, I was so busy all the time. I wasn't making a lot of time to try new things. I actually did a, a book club with some friends um, for The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And if you haven't done that and you're interested in trying new things, the the whole concept of that book, it is it's built for kind of creative. She wrote it for her, her husband, who I think was a, a writer, um, but anyone can use it. And there's a lot of exercises in there that start to reawaken us to being open to what it means to be, again, curious, what it means to be creative, what it means to try new things. And, and you kind of go through this, I think it's about 90 days, but you go through trying new things and it's, it's not hard. It's just a few minutes here and there, but it's a great way to kind of reawaken some of that in you. If you feel like you want to try something different and the, and the concept of this, or if you feel like maybe you haven't been able to make a lot of time, to do the things that we're talking about here that you don't really have a passion project that you're behind and you kind of want to jumpstart that process. I would highly recommend going through that book um, and you can do it individually. And it was incredibly rewarding for me. And I've tried a ton of new things as an outcome of that book. Well, and it doesn't have to be some big passion project. I think it's wonderful. You know what you just said about not realizing that there were things that you were doing, but I think for me, it's like, I just kind of would reinforce, I've really made it, a real uh, focus for myself to be in the moment. When I get up in the morning and I go to work, I listen to something that I'm going to learn, you know, a, a book or something of that nature. I've said this before, but I, beca- I, I'm making myself become more observant of what's what I'm, as I'm driving down the road, what am I seeing? You know, and it's, it's amazing what you'll discover if you just tune in, tune into life versus getting off the treadmill and getting out of the mundane routines that we do. You know, it doesn't have to be that you, you drive somewhere, but just pay attention to what you're hearing, what you're seeing. You know, there's, there's so many things that are, that, that the universe is sending to us every moment of every day of the day. And you'll just suddenly realize, like, like you just moment, said a moment ago, that there's lots of things that you're doing that are just really fulfilling in your life. Maybe you're just not completely tuned in and you'll really, well, if, it'll if just you think about it, what, what is, what is the alternative, right? You know, if you ignore those things or you, you, you know, you, you don't fill your, your life with these other things. I said, a saw a really good quote this week and I'll steal your thunder with the quote before you end here. But uh, it's not a good yeah. one is that stress is doing things that you don't care about the time that you do. So I really like that one. And that's that's the fuel for me. 
Say it one more time. Nick. Stress is doing things that you don't care about with the time that you do. Love that. Wow. Love it. Yeah, and I think that's that's such a great quote to encapsulate, you know, really the idea behind this discussion is how are we spending our time, right? And I think it's what Tamara was saying, it could be just about being more present, right? It can be about reminding yourself that you're more than your job. It can be about seeking ways of being curious and exploring and trying new things. It can be reinvesting in a hobby that you haven't touched in a while. I think it's really important to, to make sure that we are, are looking at how we are spending our time. And does that, does that align with what we value? We talk a lot about values in these sessions. Um, and I think we'll talk about it more about kind of how do you approach unpacking how you spend your time and recalibrating that. That's maybe one of the future topics, but I think this is a good reminder because it's easy to say I don't have time or I shouldn't do that. Or also, you know, one of the very real parts of this too is it's very easy to restrict ourselves by telling us that um, it's irresponsible or I'm not that because I, and I'll use Gary's example, right? Maybe you used to play the violin, you know, and you stopped and maybe you don't invest that because you're not a violinist and that's not what you do for a living. So why would you spend time doing that? But there's so much value in stepping beyond that label. Again, we're not our title. We're not our job and saying, I can actually do anything that I want to do and I can be anything that I want to be. And I don't have to adhere to uh, what might have been expected of me or what I should or should not be spending my time on. I think, you know, sometimes just opening ourselves up and giving ourselves permission to try new things, to be something more than what we have been or how we have been spending our time. It's it's never too late to do that. Um, and again, I think it it all ties back to, you know, number one, having a full life, a full life experience that we can look back and, and have great memories and experiences that we value. And then it also, again, I, I really truly believe it, it all ties back to how we show up in our work and the work that we do and the decisions that we make for our own careers and how we show up for our teams. Because again, if we can show up as our most authentic selves and we can live lives that are full, that are more than our jobs, that makes us more successful in the long form. And again, we are living actions over words and showing folks what it means to really live that life, that elusive, likely overused term that's never real work-life balance, but to really importantly have a life outside of our work that is equally rewarding and can open us up to new possibilities. Well said, well said. Okay, yeah, I, so do we want to do our, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Amarita. Oh, no, I, I was just listening and I was just wondering what's my passion project. And I, I agree with Chad when he said there are so many that you don't realize what's your, like, the side passion project. And uh, I just realized, oh, I have so many, whether it's gardening or learning to cook Italian food um, or or just uh, painting. I, I don't know. And, and Tamara, it's just so... Uh, I don't know, it's such a coincidence that I also love observing people when I drive and just not people like what's going around when I'm driving as in if I'm, you know, in the driver's seat or not. I, it's just something I do. And um, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your thoughts. I was just listening and I was just I just realized uh, how important those things are, even though I don't realize those are also my side projects. Thanks, Amrita. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, just tuning into life. It's it's amazing what it'll what it'll reveal to you. I, I kind of would just say that in, as we get ready to close here, is that the, the three E's of life: ex enjoy, experience, and explore every every moment of your life. And hopefully, everyone has some exciting plans this weekend to invest in some of these things. Um, I, I always like to start my days on with gratitude and in my days with gratitude and it really enriches my life as well. So is there anybody else who wants to share a, a takeaway or any last thoughts before we close for the day? Okay. I I'll just say I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to just take uh, and take Mako's quote. I think that's a, a great one mm -hmm. too, is that reminder of, we spend our time. Are we using it for things we care about? 
Um, but thank you as always. And I hope everybody is inspired to go out and spend some time on some passion projects with their weekend or with their downtime and go out there and maybe, maybe try some new things. And we'll hopefully hear from you all throughout the week or even next week if you've picked up something new or tried something new that you want to share with the group. But thank you as always for spending yeah, some you of your weekend with discussion. us. Thanks for the great discussion, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Thanks all. Thank you. Thank you. Good weekend. Have a great weekend.